Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Happy Tuesday, Hokie Nation. Typically, we only see it on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but we had to come in this morning. Maybe one of the biggest 24 hours that the Virginia Tech football program has felt in quite some time. We'll tell you about it right after this. Just want to open today's show, Hokie Nation, by paying our respects to Mike Leach, who passed away at the age of 61 last night. Mike Leach is a legendary football coach in the world of college football with stops at Texas Tech, uh, Washington State, and then success most recently at Mississippi State. So we just want to say uh, that our hearts go out to uh, both his family and the Mississippi State football program, known for the prolific air raid offense. Um, he, he has quite the coaching tree with Cliff Kingsbury, Jeff. Heupel uh, and Lincoln Riley in there as well. So just plain simple, one of the biggest characters in the sport and uh, one of the gems, no doubt about it. Definitely one of the most entertaining. There was always like a parallel universe that I didn't want to live in, but I wanted to visit where like Mike Leach was Virginia Tech's football coach. (laughs) He's just so entertaining. But yeah, that's a shame because I definitely think college football lost one of its best characters yeah one of the best personalities but also a really dang good coach yeah. too yeah i mean one everywhere he was at so certainly will be missed a true scholar of the game never once played a down of mm-hmm. college football uh went to law school and decided to uh instead of heading into the courtroom wanted to be on the sidelines so uh he will certainly be missed all right let's let's flip the script here talk some virginia tech football man what a 24 hours it has been as the Hokies have hit the recruiting trail and they've hit the transfer portal pretty hard they have uh Kyron drones I, I think signals a flip in the type of offense that Virginia Tech wants to, wants to run it's not just the drones commitment but it's also the 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 William uh Watson commitment yep. that we saw on on Sunday night you know we, we got to take it back to last year when Virginia Tech signed Grant Wells and Jason Brown as their transfer portal quarterbacks and then fast forward to halfway through the season when the offense wasn't working, and Brent Pry came out and said, "We tried to run a play a, a strong running offense, play action based, throw it deep, and we figured out halfway through the season that we don't have the personnel to do that." And uh, and that they never did. Like they don't have they didn't have the running backs to run that type of offense. They they didn't have the type of offensive lineman they need to run that. And type when they of did, offense. they were hurt for the running backs. Right. And and the fact of the matter is nobody runs that type of offense these days. Alabama used to, but Virginia Tech held Alabama's offense to like 206 yards in in the 2013 meeting between Tech and Alabama. It was such an easy offense to defend. And Nick Saban shifted. And now you see Wisconsin shifting from that style of offense with their hire of the UNC offensive coordinator, Phil Longo. So Virginia Tech ran an offense this past year that they shouldn't have run. Now, Jason Brown and Grant Wells were good fits for that type of offense. But nobody else was. So, like, the quarterbacks this past year had no chance of success. And and I, I'm not inclined to blame the players for this past season because when the coaches come out and basically admit we run an offense, we tried to run an offense that we shouldn't have run, 
that's basically saying we didn't put the players in a position to succeed. So how can I criticize those players for not succeeding? Right. Um, I think the, these two quarterback commits uh, represent a shift in the Virginia Tech coaches figuring out we can't run that style of offense. We have to pivot to a more read option RPO based offense, and these guys are that or or a type of or that type of fit. You know, Drones is, is is a guy who's a fit for that type of offense, and they're they're two high school. Uh, quarterbacks committed for this class. The original one was Dylan Wickey from Georgia, who I think was a fit for the old the style original, of offense yeah. that Virginia Tech started to run at the, at the beginning of this past season. But I'm not sure he's a fit for the one that Virginia Tech wants to run in the future. But Watson is. So these two quarterback commitments, to me, represent a shift in the style of offense that Virginia Tech wants to run. Now, whether they can run that or not, I mean, you still have three offensive coordinators. Like your running game coordinator comes from Wisconsin, where they don't run the quarterbacks. They right. don't run that style of offense. So the question still remains: Does Virginia Tech have the coaches with the background to run the style of offense that they want to run? But these commitments do signify a willingness to change to what I believe is the right type of offense for Virginia Tech. Just uh, for those that may not know, uh, Kyron Drones is a former four-star recruit uh, transferring out of Baylor where he uh, uh, played behind and and was a second string at Baylor uh, this past season. Uh, He has three years of eligibility remaining as he joins the Hokies. The story is um, that Brent Pry hopped on a plane, uh, went all the way down to Waco uh, to grab this guy, and uh, and here he is just a couple of days later later that trip was supposedly made on saturday so i think that's interesting kind there. of a shotgun yeah marriage so to speak i, I wrote yesterday i, I think I, tyler went with him too yeah it yeah. makes sense um i i wrote yesterday and i was going to publish this article today but decided to publish it yesterday afternoon in case anything happened but i, I wrote in my article yesterday afternoon i said i basically said a great start to this transfer portal would be ollie jennings and kyron drones and, and fortunately, I ran it yesterday because if I'd waited till today, it would have been totally wasted. Um, Drones was the guy. He was my top quarterback choice uh, based on the quarterbacks I thought would be available to Virginia Tech this year based on the offense that we that they put on the field last you year. You didn't want to be young No, you did. And, and I and I. Uh, and also, he was my top choice based on the type of offense that I think Virginia Tech should be running. So I'm, I'm happy to get him. Um, there are I – mean, don't, don't expect him to hit the ground running is the main yeah. point I want to make. He had a very similar high school career to Taj Bullock. Uh, in fact, the uh, – and I, I've got an article written up that will run at some point today for TSL Pass subscribers that puts it all into perspective statistically and everything – he didn't start till he was a junior in high school, just like Bullock. Had a huge junior year. Won the state title in Texas as a junior. Then COVID hit. And that kind of wrecks your development between junior year and senior year, which isn't as big a deal for a guy who's like a three- or four-year starter, but it's a big deal for a guy who basically, that's your only offseason as the starting quarterback, right? Uh, and then he gets into his senior year and – plays with an injury. So he only played in nine games as a senior, whereas Bullock only played in six games as a senior. So Bullock only started 18 games in high school. Drones has only started 23 games in high school. Bullock's completion percentage as a senior dropped from 60% to 51%. 
Jerome's completion percentage dropped from 58% as a junior to less than 50% as a mm. senior. So both of these guys are extremely raw. They've only got one year of starting experience in high school healthy and without COVID affecting them. Uh, and they they're both obviously have very limited experience on the college level. Uh, so Jerome's isn't necessarily one of those guys who's going to come in and just set the world on fire. He's still got a lot of developing to do. Um, but he is the right type of fit for the offense that I think Virginia Tech will try to run next year. Drones 14 for 23 across five games for 219 yards and a touchdown last year, Baylor. Mm -hmm. Also two touchdowns on the ground. So adding on to your point, with that being said, how much can he push Grant Wells next year in 2023? I would consider him the front runner. Just really? based, on, okay. based on system. Now, there will be a competition in the spring, and there, and there has to be. And I think a competition will be good for both guys. Uh, like, for the type of system that I assume Virginia Tech wants to run, now, if I'm wrong on this, then that all bets are off. Uh, but for the type of offensive Virginia Tech, I think they figured out that they need to run. Drones is the better fit. And what is that offense? Oh, it, it's more of a read op. It's basically... People aren't going to want to hear this, but the ideal offense for Virginia Tech is the one they just ran under Justin Fuente and Brad Hmm. Cornelson. A read option slash RPO-based offense. Now, they need to do it with better player development and better personnel decisions. And no jet sweeps to the short side? No, you can run jet sweeps to the short side. Tech averaged a good yards per (laughs) carry. People didn't like it, but they actually did more. Right. Uh, Yeah, uh, so... You got you got to have better player development, specifically at wide receiver. You got to make better personnel choices, uh, such as giving Raheem Blackshear the ball more than twice against Miami. Mm-hmm. Who, yep. uh, you still, yeah, you I still, still hate that. Watched about him that. score a touchdown on he Sunday. Did, yeah. You know, you know, then I fell back. <laughs> and anyway, so 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 I can imagine, I can imagine a Kieran Drones with his skill set, and a William Watkins, or Watson, excuse me, with his skill set. Combined with the Fuente Cornelson type of offense, combined with better player development wide receiver, combined with better personnel choices at running back, and I can see that being very effective. That's the type of offense that Virginia Tech needs to have, and it needs to be accompanied with better skill position development and better personnel choices. And then I that's the type of offense I envision for, for Virginia Tech. Uh so in one aspect, I got what I wanted from the Fuente Cornelson era and the type of offense, the style of offense that I think we need to run to maximize our abilities as a program, but we didn't get the player development part of it. Right. So now it's important we combine those two things together. You got more, Carter? Ali Jennings the third. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am really excited about him. Me too. How excited are you to add him to the fold? In 2023. Very. My only disappointment is we're not adding him to the fold and with Caleb Smith combined on the other side of the Mm -hmm. field. Uh, So last year, Virginia Tech had one wide receiver threat. Well, as of right now, next year, they're going to have one wide receiver threat. Uh, Lofton can step it up. Hopefully. Uh, I would still prefer Lofton to be in the slot instead of the outside. I think that's his more natural position. Uh, But we'll see. But I really like Jennings. I think he's a little more fluid than, than Caleb Smith. Smith is bigger and stronger. Uh, Jennings started his career at West Virginia. First of all, played for Highland Springs Mm -hmm. for Lauren Johnson, which I love. Highland Springs players have a very high success rate in college, especially wide receivers. Uh, The South Carolina receiver this year who who transferred from JMU. Mm -hmm. He was a a Highland Springs Mm -hmm. guy, Wells. 
And he was he was my number one target last year at receiver, but he never gave Tech a sniff, unfortunately. Uh, but Jennings is is a guy that that averaged over 17 yards a catch in his two years at Old Dominion. Started off at West Virginia, caught 19 passes as a, as a true freshman, was very productive as a young player. I'm not sure what happened his sophomore year. He only played in five games, but he flashed plenty of potential as a true freshman that, that year. Had a, has had a close relationship with Fontel Mines since he was young. So Mines was coaching at ODU at the time. Mines talked him into transferring to ODU. Now he's in the portal again. Mines happens to be at Virginia Tech. So this is one of those relationship things. And and Virginia Tech, they needed to have a proven outside receiver in the portal this year. And, and Jennings was was your best bet. So I'm very excited about him. Well, I know there's that connection with Fontel Mines, but I'm, I'm reading through his offers through the portal right now. Mississippi State, Duke, Louisville, Colorado, Washington State, Kansas, Pitt, Rutgers, and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Are you offers. still... Quite a few offers. Are you still surprised to a degree that he ended up at Virginia Tech? No, or- uh, he's got such a strong relationship with Fontel Mines, is my understanding. Uh, I, I thought maybe he would explore some some other options, uh, and I think he he did take a visit to Tech, and he I think he originally scheduled like dual visits this coming weekend, spending one day at Duke and one day at Mississippi State. Obviously, the Mississippi State thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so, but I guess you know, once he visited Tech this weekend, they just talked him into going ahead and committing without taking his Duke visit. I assume, but I, I thought he might explore some some more options. But I think his relationship with Mines is just so strong that once he visited, uh, that I think they just made his mind up for him. Seems to care a lot about too playing, not necessarily in state with playing at West Virginia, but in this part of the country, yeah, staying close to home. It's three hours from from home. Yeah, you, you know. Uh, so that's probably important to him, and and I think uh, I, I think it was made clear to him over the weekend that Drones was going to commit right. as a quarterback. I'm sure they both. I mean, they both committed last night. Right. It wasn't yeah. a coincidence, right? You, you know. So I I, th- I think that made both of them's decisions easier, right? Uh, because I I feel like if, if you're if you're Jennings, you're like okay. You've said you're going to take a portal quarterback, but who's it going to be? Maybe I don't want to commit yet unless I know who that guy is. Or maybe even if you're drones, you're like, okay, you lost Caleb Smith. Is there going to be anybody to throw the ball to? Right. So I think I think they, they probably got those guys together and had them talk and say, you're our two guys. You're our top target at it's your respective position. So like that, that would be my guess. Carter, I know you had a question about Caleb Smith. I wanted to tee you up for that. Yeah, so just to lead into that, Jennings this past year, first team all Sun Belt, mm-hmm. 54 receptions, 959 yards for nine touchdowns, and also against Virginia Tech, five receptions for 122 yards, mm. including a 38-yard reception that set up the game-winning touchdown. Yep. So I'm glad he's on our side now. If they say <laughs> yeah. if you can't beat him, join him. And them. we play him in the opener, ODU. That's right. Yeah. If you can beat him, you can join him and then play <laughs> against your former team in week one. You remember when we watched Eric Kuma play for Old Dominion yes. against Virginia and Tech? And he got booed every single time oh, they announced yeah, his did. name? Well, now it's Jennings is going to be playing against Old Dominion. For yeah. Yes, Virginia it's Tech. full circle. Well, I was going to ask you about Caleb Smith. You know, there have been some rumors about potentially – him coming back to Virginia Tech. I saw he visited Notre Dame over the weekend, so it's probably a long shot. What do you think are the possibilities that he comes back to Blacksburg? doesn't sound likely if he's taking visits. That said, I would welcome him back with open yeah. arms. There are some guys that hit the portal, and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. 
don't want you back if you're, if you're doing this, but like Caleb Smith has been such a hardworking dude for Virginia Tech throughout his whole career. Came as a walk-on, earned a scholarship, has always represented the school very well. Uh, he's the model player, I think, from a work ethic standpoint, a discipline standpoint, and all that stuff. I would welcome him back with open open arms if he wanted to come back. Uh, and, you know, I mean, if I'm pry, I'd probably give him a call right now and say, look, now we have Jennings on the other side and we're going to switch to this style of offense. Would you be interested in coming back? Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think it's likely that he comes back, but if he wanted to, I would I would love it. Pry talked about on uh, Tech Talk Live, he said, you know, they've had a discussion with every guy. If you want to enter the portal, that's fine, but they have to know they're giving up their scholarship. Now, if he feels that it is worth you coming back, he could give you. Yeah. That's, a, that's a guy that he would give the scholarship. Yeah, Caleb Smith to. is always yeah. going to have a spot. I, I would, Caleb I Smith will so. always have a roster yes. spot at Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, and like I said, I, I would love – to have him and Jennings on the outside. And if not Smith, I would still love to have to, to be able to find somebody that's proven to play on the outside. Right. Um, without without blocking, like I still think Christian Moss has potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, What about and, Jones? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, but I mean, the thing is, like, you rotate enough between four and five receivers where you wouldn't necessarily block those guys sure. if they oh, have yeah. good enough uh, good enough spring practices. All right, a lot of smoke around Tony Grimes, mm-hmm. at least mm. on the boards and on Twitter. His dad put out a tweet that he is visiting Virginia Tech on Wednesday. Of course, former five-star recruit at North Carolina from Virginia Beach. What do you think are the chances that he comes to Virginia Tech? That's a good question. You know, I, re- I read an article. I forget where I read it. Um, it had quotes from his dad basically talking about the places they were con- going to consider. And his dad said, we think it's a bad idea to consider a school where he's probably not going to be guaranteed a, or you have to compete for a starting job because that could just create friction and things like that. So if you think about it on paper, you've got Mansoor Delane, who's awesome, returning at one cornerback spot, and Dorian Strong, who's very good, returning at the other cornerback spot. Grimes was a highly touted five-star player, but like most UNC defensive players, he's either regressed or gotten slightly worse since he enrolled. Sure. Uh he would not have a guaranteed cornerback starting spot at Virginia Tech unless one of those guys changes positions. Unless Could, Mansoor Deland moved to safety. That's yeah, what I was going to ask you. That was yeah, what yeah. we talked about last night. A lot of people yeah. think thought coming out of high school that Delane would be a safety. And in fact, Tech wasn't sure at first. They practiced him at safety and corner before the season started this year. Uh, there are two ways to look at it. If, if you've got two really good corners, like let's say you had Dorian Strong at one corner and Mansoor Delane at the other corner, you don't have to shade your safeties as much to the outside. You know, you, 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 those corners don't need as much help. So you can congest the middle of the field more, I think. Um, the other aspect of it, though, is if, you, if, you, if Mansoor Delane is one of the best tackling cornerbacks Virginia Tech has ever had and one of the best tackling cornerbacks in the country, that's kind of wasted at cornerbacks. They're not involved in the run game as much as safeties, unless your defense is really bad and the cornerbacks <laughs> has, to, has to tackle a lot against the run. Um, so if, if, if you move him to safety, you actually you help your run defense. Right? But you can't move him to safety unless you've got another guy you, who you think can start at corner. Uh, and I, we've seen Virginia Tech offer several 
different cornerbacks. That they've offered one of Wake Forest starting Gavin Holmes, I believe, yeah, is who's, his who's name, in yeah. the portal. Uh, we've also seen them offer like a safety type, like Donovan McMillan from yeah. Florida, who has not been a starter at Florida. So I, I don't. I think they're open there to possibly moving him to safety, depending on whether they can get a corner. Although if they feel like they can get a starting caliber safety, then they'll probably leave him at corner. Now, what what you could do also, and they did this with Chamari Connor this year, but it wasn't a fit. You know, they played him at that field side safety position, and on nickel nickel uh, long yardage situations, he'd slide down and play nickel. He was never really a good fit as like a nickel corner. Uh, Delane would be. Mm. Delane, you could play him at free safety and then slide him down on long yardage situations to nickel. And he'd be an awesome nickel. In fact, like under the old Bud Foster scheme, that's where he'd be starting. Mook, uh, uh, he would be starting at that old Mook Reynolds position at the yeah. whip, whip slash nickel spot, except he'd be even better than Mook was. Um, Interesting. He's right, a great like, player here, by the way. Right, right. He was, great he, he, was, he, was, he was a great fit for that position. Yeah. And that's where Delane would be playing under the, the old scheme, in my opinion. So, you know, they're, they're just exploring ways to get themselves options. Uh, Grimes was a five-star recruit. Who's never played like a five-star recruit, mm-hmm. but pretty much none of North Carolina's defensive players play as up to their recruiting. Sure. Is there potential to get back to that caliber? Uh, maybe he's got two years left. Yeah. Um, if it was just one year left, you'd be like, ah, maybe not. But I, it's not just a coach. I think there's a cultural problem defensively at North Carolina, and I think you've seen it. They're basically their whole secondary's gone gone into the portal. Right. You know, you've seen Cameron Kelly go there and either stay the same or regress. I thought Storm Duck. When he played as a as a freshman for UNC in 2019, quite frankly, I'm surprised we're still talking about him because I thought he was so good that year that he'd be in the NFL by it. Really, by I remember that. But yeah, but, yeah. but 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 he regressed. Uh, he had a couple injuries, but he also regressed, uh, and he's in the portal too. So, how much of that was UNC missing their evaluations, and how much of it was they couldn't coach or they created a bad defensive culture or whatever. Probably some of both. Yeah, probably a combination. Yeah. yeah. With all those guys going down to Carolina and turning down Penn State and Alabama. Yeah. I, and But I, I think it – so I don't know what will happen with Grimes. Um, those are conversations to be had on his visit, which I think is this week, tomorrow maybe. Uh, yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, but I think – The other know, guys probably committed on their visits. Right. So, uh, But I, I think it would be funny if – Grimes came to Virginia Tech and had success on the defensive side of the ball after all those other UNC dudes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or excuse me, Virginia guys that are going down there, you know, and, that, and that's one that you can use. Cause I don't think Mac Brown's going to last much longer down there anyway. Probably one more year. And that's, I know time yeah. when Drake May leaves. Right, exactly. So, like Drake May, so, will, well, Drake May yeah. will keep their head above water for one more year, Correct. and then it'll be all over. So Drake, because he redshirted, he's got two more now? One, well, he can he'll leave one after. One he can more? declare for the NFL. He can, yeah, he'll leave after this That's year. what I meant. He's got one more because of the redshirt. Correct. Now, yeah. now, now Hope losing three well, years removed. For his sake, you know, hopefully does, like losing his offensive coordinator didn't hurt him too bad. Now, that's the challenge for Mac. When pretty much everybody thinks you're only going to coach for one year, yeah. what are, where are you going to turn to for an offensive coordinator? Right. This is what happens when, like, this was always going to be the issue when UNC hired him. And it's, it's always the issue with coaches, head coaches, when they stay too long. You get to the end and, and your coordinator leaves or you need to change coordinators. It's hiring the, how are you going to hire the next guy when nobody knows when you're going to retire and things sure. like that. It's the same thing in recruiting. So, so you know, Matt Mack has now become a hindrance to UNC. 
Interesting. All right, Chris, my, uh, my last kind of question for you here. Where do we go from now? What's next coming up, coming up in the portal? Who mm-hmm. is Tech looking at targeting? Uh, what do you expect in the next coming couple of days? I'll be interested to see. You know, I expect they do want to take another wide receiver. I don't know that for a fact, but they've offered enough portal wide receivers. It makes me think that they want to take more than one. Okay. Um, and they've offered some slot type guys, and they've also offered some other outside receiver type guys. Uh, the thing is, like, it's, it's hard to know exactly who they're tar- targeting because not all por- portal guys aren't like high school recruits. Like, all high school recruits are, get on Twitter and they're like, blessed to receive an offer from so-and-so. Right. Not all portal guys do that. In fact, most don't. Like, yeah. we did not know for a fact that drones had been offered until he committed to Virginia Tech. Right. Because he never, never sure, announced yeah. anything. Right. Uh, you know, same with Wells last year. So, like, I, I was, when I was researching for an article this morning, I, I went back and found the... Uh, the Wells commitment article in the Roanoke Times and like Wells had offers from like Notre Dame, Indiana and a couple others, but like he never announced any of them. Really? Right. So we, we didn't even know, like you, you assumed that when he hit the, the portal that, that he was going to be a tech target, but you didn't know it because he never announced it until he committed. So I expect, you know, tech is there, there are offers out there that we don't know about. Uh, whereas in high school recruiting, that rarely happens. Right. Uh, like right now, Tech is there have been no reported offers for offensive linemen, mm. which I would assume would be a big priority in in the portal this year. Uh, offensive linemen are generally more quiet than your other position players anyway, and they're less likely to announce stuff like that, in, in my opinion. Uh, so just because Tech has not been reported as having offered any offensive linemen doesn't mean that they haven't. I suspect that they have. So I I would think another wide receiver, a couple offensive linemen. If I could find the right running back with the right size, I would do that. Bring them in? Yeah, I I would. Uh, And, and, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked about the core. They've offered a couple linebackers here and there because they're trying to find a mic. Uh, the whole, do we take a cornerback or a safety and where's Delane going to play? You know, that whole process will play out over the next month and we'll see. And they want to find a, a pass rusher at, at defensive end as well, I think. Interesting. Carter, your final thoughts? No, great points as always. <laughs> That's why we brought you on. Yeah, we were scrolling through, like, Loki, we were talking about it before we went on air. We were sitting in Gio's room last night and he was finishing a final project. And we see all over our Twitter feed Chris Coleman talking about the new commit. So we said, you know what? TSL today, tomorrow morning. Here we go. So thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Carter runs into my apartment last night, opens the door. I love Virginia Tech football. I'm like, what? And he's like, we just got two big ones, baby. And I hadn't been on Twitter. I was writing a paper. So that's funny. Here we go. So can I bring up one last point? Go for it. Absolutely. Hey, your show, man. So Kieran Drones, like, I think. People say this quarterback is good and this quarterback is bad. All right, so let me run some stats by you. In 2021, Gareth Schrader went completed 52.6% of his passes. You just know how to make me smile. With, with, <laughs> not, with nine touchdowns and four interceptions. So he was a bad quarterback, right? In 2022, he completed 65% of his passes, 17 touchdowns, six interceptions. Good quarterback, huge improvement. So is he a good quarterback or a bad quarterback? The Robert, Robert and I, and I, I is a great Neither. coach. Neither. Different scheme, different coach. Brennan Armstrong, 2021. 65.2% completion percentage, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Brennan Armstrong, 2022. Completion percentage drops to 54.7%. It's like 11% difference. He lost Robert. Dropped from 31 touchdowns to 7 touchdowns. 
from 10 interceptions to 12 interceptions. So is Brennan Armstrong a good quarterback or a bad quarterback? Neither. He's as good as his coaching allowed him to be and as bad as his coaching allowed That's him to be. That's a great point. Maurice DeShazer, this was before y'all's time, but former Virginia Tech quarterback Maurice DeShazer, 1993, 22 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, was number 2 in the country behind Charlie Ward, the Heisman Trophy winner and quarterback wow. rating. The next year with a new offensive coordinator, 13 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Mm. Maurice DeShazo was a good quarterback in the right situation and a bad quarterback in the wrong situation. That's the same for most quarterbacks. Okay? Kieran Drones will be a good quarterback at Virginia Tech if he's in the right situation. He will be a bad quarterback at Virginia Tech if he's not helped out by his coaches and he's, you know, in the wrong situation. So that's where I'm at as far as Virginia Tech's quarterbacks go. Interesting. I think that's the perfect way to uh, leave it off. Some food for thought there. Chris Coleman always delivers, period. Thanks so much for being with us today on TSL today. Well, we're so glad to be able to hit you up on a Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow on Wednesday. For Carter Hill, Chris Coleman, uh, Nick Brown behind the scenes, I'm Giovanni Heater. Have a great rest of your day, everyone.